if you can learn the language of money, you're going to be light years ahead of your your peers. And so I understand the language of money. And so that gives me freedom. I don't have to say yes to the, you know, anybody that comes along. I can be very deliberate. Welcome to the Young and Driven Podcast, where we explore the world of entrepreneurship. Join us as we dive into the nitty gritty of what it takes to start, grow, and scale a successful business. We're on a mission to share our experiences, failures, insights, and advice with others. Whether you're just starting out in your entrepreneurial journey or you're looking to take your business to the next level, tune in and join the conversation about what it takes to succeed in the world of business. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Um, if you are listening to this, it means that you like entrepreneurial things. You want to learn how to go from point A to point B, and you might also like creative things. So in this episode, I'm really excited to have Alex with me. Um, Alex is the creative director for Brandon Turner, um, and he's also just a lot, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the the creative and masterminding pieces behind Better Life, which is an incredible organization that I really want to talk about today. So. Um, if you like stuff like this, please subscribe, please like, follow, all the things. Honestly, my whole thing is I, I really don't care if people listen to this. If you like it and you get value, share it to the one person that you talk to about this stuff and give them that same value. If you get something from this, just give it to one person. That's it. I don't actually like honestly, I don't need your ratings. I don't need your reviews. Give value to other people. That's all I care about. So, Alex, thanks for joining me. Thanks for like spending time with me. I, I DM'd you yesterday. So this is like hot off the press. I did not know who you were, but I saw you on my Instagram feed and I dug into your content and I was like, this dude is legit and I really want to meet him. So thanks so much for, for being willing to talk to me. <laughs> I do. I do seem legit, don't I? <laughs> you are legit, dude. <laughs> Super legit. Very good to meet you. Um, glad to be here. Thankful. Thankful to, uh, always thankful to add value to somebody. So hopefully I can do that in the show. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So first I just want to give me, give me a quick rundown. So like, I I've dug through your content. And so I know a lot of things about you, but I want to just kind of give my community a little background on who you are and what you've done. So you had a video recently, which I really loved where you talked about, you recently turned 40, right? And you're talking about how there's do's and don'ts in that whole process and you wasted your twenties and then reawoken this whole creative thing in your thirties. Talk to me about the last 20 years. Um, and what's last gotten you to where you're at today. What year is it? Is it 2003 August? 20 years ago right now i was in kabul afghanistan for the second time uh, wow yeah so uh that feels like a lifetime ago actually it was a couple of lifetimes ago uh got out of the military um uh, did okay in the military but like uh, as i'm known to say a little war goes a long way got out of the military and you know i thought i was going to be hot shit. everybody in the world was like our soldiers our soldiers our soldiers but when you get out and you get to the real world and you get to the, the uh you know the market economy realized that there's not that many transferable so skills of the soldier just um it's valuable but they're soft skills so mm -hmm. you get out and you're like what's my resume look like it's like you know army right i know how to deploy yeah uh, I, i'm operationally ready i have a good attitude um i know how to tackle problems but those are hard those are not good resume things so i uh i struggled i sold cars which was healthy but the car business is empty and vile and sleazy and there's no there's no career step from the car business generally but you learn how to sell but so that that i got so i stumbled around did a lot of drinking um a lot of wasting time and then somewhere around 31 so about 10 years ago i a little under a little over i got my i got my life together uh 
decided I was sick of being broke all the time. So I, I learned finance, got a degree in finance, uh, went into banking. Okay. What'd you do for banking? Uh, I did a little retail investing, uh, excuse me, a little retail banking, you know, opening bank accounts, credit cards, yep. and then I went into um, commercial bank underwriting. So I would nice. underwrite uh, SBA loans out in uh, Las Vegas. Nice. And uh, I learned the language of money and I learned how to invest. And that was uh, a key, key part of my life and my ability to then become a creative. So along the way, over the last 10 years, I picked up a camera and found that there's a, there's a creative creativity as a muscle. So even though I am not a feeler, I don't feel the world. I don't tell like hyper emotional stories. I'm an analytic at heart. It uh, doesn't mean you can't be creative. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to, to blend those two. And I also love people. So most of what I shoot is um, people and stories about people. And those led me to building a big real estate portfolio, which really allowed me to do creativity on my terms instead of, uh, you know, being a starving artist mm -hmm. and, and being able to create on your terms lets you say yes and no to things that you want to say yes and no to rather than things that you have to say yes to in order to pay a mortgage. And that led me slowly that led me to working with more and more entrepreneurs that I liked. And finally, one that had changed my life reached out to me and said, Hey, you want to move to the island of Maui and start a new podcast with me and, and just be my full-time camera guy. And I was like, maybe let's talk about it. <laughs> so that, that process took nine months, but finally I agreed. Yeah. Why did it take nine months? Uh, it started with a lot of feelers. You know, are we the right fit? Moving to Maui sounds luxurious, but it's also, you know, it's a far, it's, yeah. you know, it's 8 a.m. here. It's, it's, it's six hours, it's six hour time zone away. It's a 12 hour flight from the East Coast. Um, it's quite the distance, right? Logistically, it's difficult to get things and, and people here. It's expensive to live here, right? It's, it's not a, it's not an easy commitment to move your life uh, to the island, although it is a, it is a nice life here. Also, I don't want to work for one person unless that's the right person. Hmm. So again, the financial freedom allowed me to like really decide, is this what I want to do? Because what I don't want to do is come to Maui and then have to go find gigs or whatever like that. So um, it's important to take your time and find the right opportunities in life and say no to the wrong opportunities, even though they might seem shiny. Yeah. Uh, so nine months, you know, he was feeling me out. I was feeling him out. We worked together three or four times along the way. I flew out to Maui a couple of times. We did some work on the, on the mainland together just to make sure that we, we had this, uh, the right vision. Um, which I have the luxury of doing a lot of creatives are looking to pay bills um, and they don't have that luxury. But, but what I tell a lot of creatives, you know, is I just got to just done doing a podcast today where I was like, look, every, every creative needs to learn the language of money. If you can learn the language of money, you're going to be light years ahead of your, your peers. And so I understand the language of money. And so that gives me freedom and mm. I don't have to say yes to the, you know, anybody that comes along, I can be very deliberate. I love that. And I think that's something, I mean, you're highlighting something where uh, a burden for me and even in starting my own business, I was discovering that uh, creatives are really great at creative and really bad at business, not just money, just business. They're really bad at figuring out what they're worth, believing in themselves that they're worth that much. And then being willing to say yes or no, when someone doesn't deem them that, that they're that valuable. Um, and the funny thing is, Business owners, amazing at business and amazing at money, usually, a lot of times. And the reality is they're so creative in all these different ways, in all these analytical ways and in all these business ways, but they're usually suck at <laughs> creating art and actually making something look great. Uh, and so there's a need to have that gap bridged 
where I think more creatives should know that they need to stop doing the $500 projects. Yeah, that's that's part of it. That's the tortured artist, right? That's the the yeah. the in, that's the internal. Um, but a lot of times, it's not just you know. For me, I'm not a great business person. Um, I'm a I'm actually a good investor. Uh, I again, I understand the language of money, and so it's not just means you have to be a good um, entrepreneur, a good business owner, systems and operations. You don't have to be. You don't necessarily have to be good at that. Um, I'm not. Okay, but what I understand is what to do with money when it comes in. I understand how to invest into my future. And so what it does, what it means is when money comes in, I use it wildly effectively. And so I collect assets, I collect cash flow, I collect passive income. And I don't know how to, I'm not a great business owner, but you know, when I when there's money in, in the bank and there's assets on the balance sheet and there's passive income coming in, I can just say no to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, one of my, first big gigs gig that I get every year is I shoot the bigger pockets conference. Bigger pockets is the biggest real estate investor conference. And I shoot that every year. And when they asked me to do that, I told them no. And they said, why? And I said, um, I don't, I don't want to do what you want to do. I just want to do what I want to do. So how about I'll just shoot it for free. And then I don't want to hear anything you have to say. And because of that, they offered me a check so big that I I ended up saying yes. But it's not because I was a good negotiator. It's not because I believed what I was worth. Uh, in fact, it's because I, uh, it's because I didn't need the money yeah. that I got so much. And yeah. so I think for a lot of artists, it's, they they think I have to learn this business, and and maybe you do, and maybe you don't. Um, mm. But you have to learn how to spend wisely the money that you do make uh, on on assets, on investments, um, and how to make it work for the future. Say, how do you, how would you encourage creatives to think long-term because investing is a long-term strategy. And a lot of times, like you're saying, starving artists, not that everyone's in that spot. I think a lot of people in media, especially people that have been doing it for a certain number of years, they have some kind of tactical, technical niche, and they're usually some level of freelancer. That's the majority of people. They're a great editor. They're a great filmer. They're a great photographer. So like it's somewhere in there, maybe a great graphic artist, a great copywriter, right? Um, how do you help someone like that think beyond the monthly retainer and start thinking towards how do you invest in your future and how do you invest in yourself? Look, it depends on what you want. I don't want to be tied to a business that's every month I got to go find leads, every month I got to answer those leads. And I'm sort of, you know, right now the media platform uh, industry is, is thriving because everybody's moving, you know, to it. But I don't know if it'll always be that way. If it was 20 years ago before all these cameras got cheap, it was a much different game. Now it seems easy. What happens when it becomes saturated? How many people are going to get replaced by AI? I don't want to be on a machine mm-hmm. that potentially ebbs and flows, even though it doesn't seem like it ebbs and flows. And, and it will ebb and flow because, again, I think very long term. Um, so how do you get out of that? Uh, I think I think one of the big problems that artists have right now is they're spending all of their time on art. And they should be, you know, everybody needs two hobbies now. You need a hobby that's artistic and you need a hobby that's money. And if mm. you have only one hobby, especially if you don't have kids, if you don't have kids, um, you have more than enough time for two hobbies. And so for every time you spend six hours in Adobe After Effects, dicking around with some hyper unique niche, you know, little like effect and or transition that only you care about, you should spend 80% of that time on that. You should, you should cut out 20% of that time and then spend the other 20% on learning money. And not mm. just business, but understanding the language of money. Um, there's books, there's very simple books like The Richest Man in Babylon, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, 
um, the simple path to wealth. There's books that you can learn about money that, that can help you think long-term. And you know what? This only helps your creative endeavors, especially like everybody's going to start working with the entrepreneurs because the entrepreneurs have all the money. And so, yeah. yeah, you can go, you know, do art for maybe an individual and they're going to do it. Like you said, a $500 gig, but the reality is they want marketing. So you have to learn the language yep. of your employee, your employer, who's hiring you. It's like, if you don't speak their language, then you're not going to have that gig long-term. You're not going to have, you're not going to do that gig for, for to, to a high degree anyways. So every creative that wants to work with entrepreneurs, which is who I speak to mostly, actually, what I usually do is speak to entrepreneurs who are trying to hire creatives, but I'm, I'm trying to try yep. to get them two to work together. The problem yep. is both people, neither side will learn the other person's language. And yep. it's going to, and it's going to, it's going to cost both of them. Some of the entrepreneurs can just afford to out hire their, they can just out hire. Yep. Most of the entrepreneurs cannot, and they refuse to learn the artist language. Well, the artists are refusing to learn the money language too. The problem with the, the, the problem with the artist is they starve. The entrepreneur is like, well, I don't have content that looks that good. Or I, you know, I, I don't have as good a content as I want. The artist is like, I don't have work yeah. or money. And then yep. I don't get to create. Uh, and then you create from a, then you're selling from a place of desperation. So, so. And people can see desperation artist, from a mile away. You can see desperation oh, yeah. in content from a mile away. It's super easy to see it. Well, you can smell it on a human being. Yeah. So I think the, the, the one of the biggest things the artist can do, the thing that, that separated me, the thing that allows me to get work that other people can't get is that I don't need it. Yeah, I made all my money which, in real estate. So which like, is hey, a you want this job? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. They're like, well, yeah. now I really want you. Now the desperation <laughs> goes the other way. Yeah, and I love that because like you're you're creating not not necessarily a sense of urgency, but you're there's a scarcity aspect of it where when you're that confident in your own skill set and when you're able to get be at a point as soon as possible where you're choosing what you want to do, right? Like, I love that's part of what your brand is in terms of what you project. Like, I'm I'm meeting for the first time, so I, it's hard for me to know like what is or what you know who you are. But like, I, I I understand that your brand seems to be like I love the things I work on because I know the value they bring to the community. I know in the end that what I'm working on matters. And there's a lot of people that probably want to do that, both entrepreneurs and creatives. They want to work on something that impacts people positively, generously, right? But the reality is they feel like they have to eat a lot of shit in order to get to that point. And I I actually would argue you don't. I would argue that if you accurately value yourself and you accurately invest in your skill set and the things that other people value, like what do entrepreneurs value? What kind of communication style do they value? What kind of results do they value? And if you learn to speak that language exactly like you're saying, like, then you can jump to how can I help people give the most to their community? And that's such a better argument versus like, let me get you views and let me get you money. Look, if you're in the organic space, I, I make organic content. Okay. Yeah. Then then if you're absolutely the best in the world you're still guessing what works and what doesn't work. There's a lot of content that goes viral that is low production quality done on a cell phone. It's like, if you're making organic content and you're like an artist, like I'm an artist, I make organic content. There is, there is no like converting is a guess, as good a guess as any as anybody else. So like, you know, this, this idea that you like have some secret magic trick that you're going to make a piece of art that, that always converts. It's like, it's very unlikely. If you yeah. want to sell the idea that you can convert your content, then you need to learn how to do paid ads. Mm. If you're an artist and you want to do art, then I believe you have to find a, a, a partner, an entrepreneur partner 
and I believe this is happening more and more now where the entrepreneur is like, hey, I really can't afford to pay you what you're worth, but I'll give you a piece of equity or I'll give you a piece of like this podcast revenue and you make the podcast and, and things like this. And that's that's coming. But you, the better option, the easier option, in my opinion, is go get financial freedom for yourself and then you can work on whatever you want to work on yep. and the money will come. Yep. And that's not what I think a lot of people want to hear, but that's what's best for them. Talk to 20 year olds though. Talk to 20 year olds that are hungry. So my podcast is called Young and Driven. And a lot of the people that follow me are probably people that are wanting to go against the norm and caring about like, how do I be different than everybody else and get to the point where I'm 35 and I feel successful because I'm doing the things I want to do. Yeah. They don't I, have financial freedom, I, but they want to do it. Yeah. Um, you got to network your little tail off. Okay. There's a, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. The, the thing about entrepreneurs is they have money. And, and so there's a lot of entrepreneurs that that want content that you can go off and you can do a little bit and you can get either a pieces of projects so you can get a piece of equity on things. Um, every entrepreneur in the world right now should have a podcast. Podcasts make money. Why don't you go build a podcast for somebody for say you do it for free on the side. Say, I'll do this podcast once a week. I'll come by. I'll record all this stuff. Da, da, da. I want all the revenue. I want 80% of the revenue until until I make X and then we can and then then we can shift. And entrepreneurs can be like, I got a free podcast. Yeah. I'll, okay. We'll do that. Or I'll, I'll, you know, what's it cost for a, a transistor subscription? It's nothing. Or you know, YouTube. It's nothing. So there's a lot of ways for you to go add value on your terms that don't cost that much money. Uh, that that might that, or that have a lot of upside. Now, if the idea is like, I think I won't say the young. Uh, I think the problem is people look at they want quick money, and yeah. so they're like, well, that is Alex. I'm not going to go out there and work and do all these jobs for free. I'm like, okay, fine. Then go do them paid, and you end up making ends meet anyway. Yep. So it's like go broke for the long term. The biggest problem that 20 year olds have, the biggest problem that I had when I was 20 is you just think short term. You're, you're not thinking about 35. You're thinking about this weekend. And the person who thinks for like, here's my pitch. Now, I messed up my 20s. Okay. Um, I turned 30 and I started thinking about the 30 year game. I'm like, how can I buy a bunch of assets so I can retire with 20, 30 million? Okay. Bought a bunch of assets. I kind of, you know, I, I kind of have that plan. It's not done, but like, I'm just going to buy a couple hundred thousand dollar house every year for the rest of my life. And I'll be worth 30, 50 million somewhere in there. Pretty. Yeah. With, and, and that'll only get better as I, you know, that'll get bigger as I get better. Um, but I don't think the 30 year game now, you know, now I'm 40 and I'm gonna live to 120. So now I'm thinking the 80 year game. Okay. And so the, the, the biggest thing that a person that a 20 year old can do is think how, what, what do I have to do to set myself up? So, so that I'm, I'm good when I'm 50, what do those actions look like? And that is um, like con like consistent investing in mm -hmm. both self and and a balance sheet, right? Um, that is relationships, right? Building those big, big, big relationships, and um, like self education. And so this is why I say like, yeah, you you got to make ends meet, and you can do it with a camera, but you got to learn the language of money. You got to, which is the language of the entrepreneur. You got to build those big relationships. Who's in the field that's growing or that you see that 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 has a need for content? Well, I'll tell you. First off, it's every entrepreneur has a need for content. So what can you? Do? And they don't want to learn how to do it. Yeah. And because it's organic, it doesn't convert. So they look at it a balance sheet and they go, "There's no ROI." Right now, we all know there's a huge ROI. They know it's a huge ROI. It's incalculable, though. Right? It's like, hey, do this podcast as a loss leader, and in ten years, you'll be filthy rich. Somebody's going to run it, so yeah. you can be the person to go in there and, and and do this sort of things. This idea that you're going to run out there and do thirty reels for a person for free and it's going to convert—terrible idea. You got to think longer than that.
you got to think longer than that. I know I'm rambling. I'm sorry. You got to do. No, I love that. I love that. I think I think that's super helpful. Just because there's there's an element where you want to give free value, and that's super important. But also understanding like why I I do think that someone invests who invests time to do short form content and learn how to make the best captions for short form content misses the point um, because short form content takes effort, takes a lot of time, and it doesn't actually build value because that is a saturated community. Whereas if you learn how to tell stories, if you learn how to connect people with an audience, so like you have a subject that's compelling and you learn how to make a compelling subject more compelling on camera and in media, that's a skill set that's so much better than I was I was in After Effects and I was I was able to, you know, create a killer graphic video. Like it's just you're gonna do great on that, but like that's if you want to do corporate stuff. If you want to actually be a creative who tells stories, like I someone that I've been following a lot recently, just because I love going back into his old stuff, I love Casey Neistat. Casey Neistat's oh, done Casey's this amazing. so well. Where he's just like it it's none of this extra BS of this trend this thing it's it's just intrinsically like how can i tell this story in the most compelling way possible on a daily basis and that's a skill set that not many people have casey uses a cell phone a cheap a cheapo little camera like he does not he's not a, a gear junkie no no and he dominates um he dominates because he's a good storyteller so i think a lot of times what we do is we see these shorts that um um it's a lot of sound design. It's a lot of crazy transitions. It's a lot of captions and these and the B-roll and this and that. And it's all good, but a lot of times um, it is covering up shitty content. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to be a person who who is just trying to grab the the low hanging attention of somebody who like it's it's low brow TV. Yeah. It's it's sixteen and pregnant. It's just like look at this. Look at this. It's just it's bright. Yeah. It's bright and it moves fast. It's like dude, these these are is this really your audience? You know, Brandon and I do this a lot of times. Like our audience, do we really need the most eyeballs or do we need yeah. the right eyeballs, right? Yep. Brandon's investors at ODC, um, you know, you have to be a millionaire to invest. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to shiny object these people into a, a, a big audience is fine, but you know, we do a tremendous amount of, uh, Brandon's gonna buy, uh, I think he's gonna clear off a billion dollars in real estate next year. And he's gonna do it with a 300,000 person Instagram. 300,000 is a lot. But yeah. it's not a million. Mm -mm. Yeah. You know? Yep. So yeah, I love that. And I think like you're tapping on something that I really believe in, which is it's so much more valuable to have a, an engaged audience of even 10 to 30,000 people. If you have 10 to 30,000 people that are active in your community, that's so much better than having 700,000 passive people because you're not a caricature and you're not an aesthetic. You're someone that's actually has a community that's, that's monetizable and can grow hot chicks of instagram see this a lot right i have three million followers i'm like they don't buy anything from you nor will they yeah yeah they're just here to see just here to they're just here to see you hopefully naked yeah i'm so yeah. sorry right uh and we and we know this we, we've seen people with um 10x brandon's audience that can't they just can't they can't convert a fraction of what he converts yeah and this is the difference. This is the shiny object. This is the artist has the same problem. They're like, I'm going to go do this thing that looks shiny. It's like, dude, you're getting caught in the trap. Go talk to the entrepreneur that has a real mission. And this is another thing that I, we all know it, but it's important to say out loud. There's only two reasons to create content, ego or marketing. 
Hmm. Are you doing it for ego for yourself? Or are you doing it for to as a as a funnel to to get people to a business? Now, the question you want to what the entrepreneur needs to do, or excuse me, what the creative needs to do, the creative who wants to work for entrepreneurs, they need to first figure out who's doing it for ego and who's doing it for marketing and get rid of everybody who's doing it for ego. Because mm -hmm. ego is inconsistent and it doesn't add, it doesn't serve the audience, it only serves them. And there's a very yep. low ceiling. So then you yep. need to find out the ones that are doing it for marketing. And then you need to find out if their purpose, their why, their drive, their motive is aligned with yours and the biggest one that you can align yourself with. So Brandon says, Hey, I'm gonna start this better life tribe. We're gonna do, we're gonna start a podcast. We're gonna get 10,000 members who pay an average of $500 a month. That's $60 million per year. We're gonna run the business on $10 million a year. And we're gonna give $50 million away every year for human to fight human trafficking. I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. I can get behind that. So let's create content that only has to do with getting those 10,000 people. Yeah. I don't care about, I don't care about, and he has 300,000 on his lit on his Instagram list. I'm like, I only need, I need, I need, I don't know what that number is. Is that, is that, is that <laughs> 3%, 30%, 3, 3%, 3%, 3%, bro. I need 3% of his audience to convert into those members. So I am not trying to, <clears throat> I'm not trying to, this is the, the, the warning that I say to the, the creative that spends all this time on after effects or all these time in this, these, these things that it's important to, it's important to do your artistic talents and, and, and tinker. And that's an important part of it. But when it comes down to it is nobody's paying extra for those things so they are for you so make sure yeah. that you don't tinker in the same way that people doom scroll you're just yeah. screwing around you have to be deliberate go get your ten thousand people ten thousand yeah. people can change the world you don't need a million you don't need to go get like you know clicks look at it. it's got so many likes it's like they don't convert i don't care is it easier to convert or is it easier to grow so if you if you're a smaller if you have a small audience and you're saying i want to get to thirty thousand followers is that easier than converting 3% on 300,000? It is easier. It is easier to tell content. Uh, I'm going to not, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a different answer. I had an email list of 300 people for my old blog. I did no SEO. I did no marketing. I just wrote on the internet. I shared on my Facebook. People found it. I took 300 people. I converted 40 of those people invested $100,000 with me into a, a, a real estate deal. Right. So I raised actually, no, it's not on, on average. It was, it was less than that actually is, but most of them actually invested 50, not, not 100, excuse me, but we raised $1.5 million from an email list of 350 people, 300 people. Mm. So I think it's easier to convert the right people. It's a mistake to grow the wrong people. You want to grow, dude, just go yep. hire one of those bot farms and get 400,000 followers. <laughs> dude, I hate those. They DM me every single day. I can't stand them because it's, just because it's so like, what's the point? What's the point of doing that? <laughs> it's like, That's my point. What's the point of having 1 million followers that, that I hate the term followers. Like, what are they following you to do? Yeah. Right. They won't do anything that you, that you advocate because you're not advocating for anything. You're just showing up and, and you're the entertaining. Like, look, it's, it's, it's important to entertain if you're an entertainer, but if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, you're trying to, you're trying to create value. And so if you can't get that value out to somebody, then like, you know, what's the point? And so I think it's really important to go get the right people. And I, I, I say this with my, uh, I, I work with a lot of real estate investors and they're all trying to raise money. And they're like, I need this big email list so that I can, I can get these, these people. I'm like, you don't need a big email list. Actually, if you only had one person and that person was say Warren Buffett and he believed in you, you'd have all the money you'd ever need. You'd have more yeah. money than you would know what to do with.
So yeah. you don't need a big email list. You need an efficient, you know, email list, follower list, whatever it okay. is. Because I want to ask Go you, about, I want to cut you off and ask you about it. What are your thoughts on cold DMs and cold emails? Because that's a big target for Instagram in particular. And it's a big thing where like, especially you'll see a lot of entrepreneurs, I'm not going to call them out, but like you'll see a lot of them say like, DM me this word and it just turns into a sales funnel for them. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, those are two different things. We do now, we are starting to do the, um, what's the word for it? There's a there's a, a app that lets you, you know, DM me whatever it is yep. to get something. I think that's that's wise, right? Because again, the whole point is, I have a product, it's called the Better Life Tribe. I have a product, it's $300 a month right now and you get in access to a community, you get access to events, you get a lot of free real estate courses, you get mentor calls, you get accountability pod, like it's a high value for only $300 a month. I believe in this product. I want to sell this product. I have to send you through a funnel to do it. Yeah. You're not going to know that it exists unless yeah. I say, and so what it does is what DM me tribe, what that does is it converts. It shows me how many people on my, on my follower list are passive versus active followers. Yep. Right. I want the active followers. So I believe that getting people into the funnel, getting your leads is important. Cold DMs. I think my, I've not done them. My experience is they don't work. Uh, my experience, excuse me. My experience is that I don't like when they happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, my guess is that they're, they're fairly inefficient. Uh, I've not seen a good one yet. I DM'd you though. Hey, I was technically cold DM. I came, I came out of the blue. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I think, okay, let me rephrase. I think copy paste spam. Yeah um like cold solicitation uh yep. no but you were not a you were cold dming in terms of like hey human being i'm another human being i thought this piece of content was interesting i'm curious about this whatever the case like that's that to me is just that's just good old-fashioned making friends yeah yeah that's, I love you it. know I, I love making friends I, I mean the internet is great for you know if you're going to call it cold dm making friends i do it every single day yeah but if you're like hey Hey, Alexander, as soon as you call me Alexander, I know you have, you don't know my content, <laughs> yeah. right? Every, I write Alexander most places, but I always go by Alex and by, by, by people that know me. Anybody that knows me knows, knows that I'm Alex. So as soon as I hear, Hey, Alexander, I do this. You, you need more followers. I can sell you more followers. You need more leads. I can sell you leads. You're in real estate. Cause I read your profile for half a second. Da, da, da. I can, if I can sense that this is a solicitation and not a human being, I, I delete. I'm the same so, way. I'm the same way. Sometimes yeah. I, sometimes I, I, I talk to usually like some setter and I'm like, I need to, I need to talk this kid off a ledge and tell him to quit. <laughs> That's what I try. It's like, dude, stop it. You can do more than this. Yeah. I, I don't want to knock anybody for doing business that, that I don't want to take anybody's, I don't want to take money out of anybody's hands. So if it works for you, like, great. I don't know it, to be honest. I don't mm -hmm. do cold DMS. I don't have a business like that. I don't get leads that way. So like, I, I'm, I'm just speaking purely from one side of it, which is, I don't like when it happens to me, but my guess is if it didn't work, then nobody would do it. So it must be working for some people. If it's working for you, um, nobody likes spam, mm -hmm. but it also spam sells spam works. So <laughs> it's true. I, think, I, hate, I hate that. Yeah, but it's true. I think, um, the last part I'll pay, say about this is spam only works for low brow businesses. It doesn't work on high dollar clients it doesn't work on sophisticated clients it's going to work on you know sort of cheapo products in my opinion so if you're an entrepreneur or a creative and you're trying to work with an entrepreneur and they're like yeah let's do this cold dm campaign my guess is you're probably selling something that that you know 
how do I say it delicately? If you want to go far in life, only work on things you believe in. Mm. Mm. If you don't believe in it, then, you know, you're selling something you don't believe in. It's just, it's not a, there's not a high ceiling for that. How do you find the thing that you believe in as a creative? How do you find the entrepreneur to partner with that you believe in what they're doing? Much harder. How do you find out what you believe in? Um, it's pretty actually sort of simple. Spend a day, write down all the things you don't like doing. And whatever's left, right, is uniquely you. What is uh, my hero, a guy named Nassim Taleb, my absolute hero, is my favorite person on planet Earth. He says, um, it's more, is it more? It's just as important that you find anti-models in life, people you don't want to be like. Go find all the anti-models and be like, nope, 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 nope. And the people that are left are like, those are my people. That's mm -hmm. way easier than trying to find mm -hmm. all the people that you think you want to be like or you think you like. It's easier to find people you like. Um, and if you're, you know, a, if you're, an, if you're a humanist, then you can probably find something you like in everybody. That's not helpful. Yeah. It's not helpful to, to find out who you are. So find out all the things you don't want to do. Um, I don't like shooting landscapes. You used to, you used to, you, you have a lot of photos of doing the ocean, doing sunsets. That's even this past summer, you've done a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have some landscape photographers, like real landscape photographers. No, I shoot, I, uh, I, I take pictures of people. And so I figured out mm -hmm. quickly on, I'm like people. Put people on camera tell people tell stories about people um so finding out what you want to do as an artist is not that hard mm -hmm. it's it's like you know just take some time to think about like what, what's your perfect gig what's your perfect job if you if you had all the money in the world what would you create mm -hmm. and it's like there's themes you'll find them real quick you'll find out real quick what you like to shoot and what you don't like to shoot finding the entrepreneur that matches you uh, much harder and we're in a very weird space right now where the entrepreneurs every single entrepreneur on planet earth knows that they need content mm -hmm. a fraction a tiny teeny tiny small little fraction of them are doing it so you as the creator need to go create content create a platform create um uh an approach for them because they're not they want it but they don't know how to do it they don't even know how to ask for help uh, and a lot of times they've hired somebody once or twice and it's gone badly. And so they're like, and they're trying to do it themselves. So I think right now a creative is in a really interesting position where they have a, they have the pick of the litter. They can go to a lot of entrepreneurs and say, you need content. You're not doing it. I can solve that problem for you in mm -hmm. 10 years. It'll be much harder. Um, in 10 years, it'll be much, much harder. And I'm trying to make it harder. I'm trying to get the entrepreneurs and the creatives to talk together in new ways. So I'm I'm making this problem harder for you. But right now, it is a wild west. The, uh, the other problem, I think, and this is why creatives need to speak the language of money and understand how entrepreneurship and business works is because what they there's a tendency, I think, to, I'm, I'm speculating, to look at the Ryan Pinedas, the Alex Ramoses, the Gary Vees, and be like, oh, it, all the good entrepreneurs are already, they already have creative people. They're not thinking of all again the people that are just as good right there's mm -hmm. way more entrepreneurs in the world that make way more money than alex ramosi that you don't know about yeah way more thousands hundreds of thousands yep because yep. they don't have content go make content about them go find them so i think it's easy to look at the success of the you know the 50 or 100 guys that have already done it and gals that have already done it that are leading the industry and thinking it's done it's like it's not done it's not even close to done there's a revolution yep. happening. Pineda only started making content three years ago. Hermosi only started making content three, four years ago. This is the, we're the, we're day one. 
Yeah. What I love this. I almost want to I want to add to what you said previously. You said find out what kind of content you want to make. I would probably even go further and I would say like this applies to both creatives and entrepreneurs. I would say who do you want to help? Cuz a lot of times that's what I talk to business owners about and they say I just want to sell. I want revenue, I want to drive it. I'm saying nope. That if you're wanting to sell, people can smell an ad from a mile away. It does it's not going to help you because they're tired of ads. People are tired of scrolling and seeing the sponsorships and saying, buy my thing. I love the starting from a base point. And I think creatives should do this as well. Who do you want to help? What mission do you align with? And I think you're someone that I, I respect in this regard because you found the mission that you align with. Better life gives so much, all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds to sex trafficking and combating it. Right, that's incredible. And that's that's something where it's like, okay, you have a defined mission of who you want to help. If all of your content, it doesn't have to be, it can be a bunch of all the other stuff and all the other resources you provide. But if all of your content supports that message, that's impressive. And that's something where like every single day I'd be like, yep, I'm creating something that's for a bigger purpose and for a bigger cause than myself. That's beautiful. And I, I think more creatives should, rather than saying like, what kind of content do I want to make? What kind of piece do I want to like? Not even like the tone of what you want to say. What's a group of people? What's a type of person? What's a problem that you want to fix? And if you can fix that problem better than anybody else, you're going to make a lot of money. Uh, at the core of all sales is problem solving. So again, you know, find the entrepreneur, like you're saying, that's solving the problem that you want to help solve. Uh, the reason I got linked up with Brandon is because he was on a show called Bigger Pockets for 10 years and he helped people buy, uh, get financial freedom through real estate. I was somebody who benefited. Yep. So when he's like, hey, I'm going to go do this another thing. And I'm like, this guy already way out gives what he takes, way out gives what he takes. So, um, yeah, that's a really good point. I really like that. Find the entrepreneur who's solving the problem you want to help solve which is generally helping people. I, I, I keep saying adding value, but I, I think we're saying the same thing. Like, yeah, what, we're all trying to solve how, problems. How did, how did you, how did Brandon find you? Uh, I was asked to be on the very famous bigger pockets podcast in 2018. And what made him identify you as a creative that he, you need, he needed to be on you. Like you need to be on his team. First people don't hire the best creative. They hire the best creative that they know. So mm. we knew each other. Um, it helped that I, again, I speak both languages. He knows a lot of creative people, right? But they're flaky. Yep. They're unreliable, right? Cause they're just like, let me go make this. Let me go make this. Let me go make this. Let me go this. And I'm like, no, I am doing content for real estate and, and entrepreneurs. And that's mostly all I do. So he's like, well, I'm a real estate entrepreneur. I make content <laughs> for me. So it just very, very aligned. Right. Which is, yep. yeah, which is, which is kind of like what you said. It's like, find the problem you want to solve. Um, if you could say, hey, I want to solve this problem and everybody I work with sort of like solves this problem, then the person who's the best at it will find you. Um, so that was good. Uh, the second one. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think there's some other benefits, you know, like I don't have kids, so I can dedicate a lot of my life to the mission that yeah. helps. Um, and I think my military experience. You know, I don't scare easy. That I was actually going to bring up your, your military experience because I was thinking like how much uh, the diligence required in that and the, like you're saying, you're analytical, you're militant in a lot of different things. Those soft skills directly translate to client success. It directly does. You, if, 
you know how to handle situations that are stressful. And you're like, you even said at the beginning of the podcast, you said, you know, I think everybody should experience a little bit of war just because it gives you perspective. <laughs> Of, well, of I, said a, I said a little war goes a long way. I don't know if everybody's <laughs> experience, but it's okay, valuable well, yeah. if you do. But I'm saying, like, in that same extent, like I'm sure that that experience drives your creativity to the point where you're gonna stand out as not flaky, as someone who is disciplined in very specific things. Maybe you're not operationally minded, maybe you're not like I love organization and I love <laughs> I love all these different things, but like at the same time, you're gonna you're going to follow through on a deeper level on the things that are probably really important to a specific creative. How would you encourage other creatives to stand out when it stops being about the art form? And just like you're saying, it's about if you're known, not if you're the best. There's so many people yeah. that are better than me. There's so many people that, that are better than my team, right? I think we're the best, but it's because I, I hire people that I know. Um, how do you help people stand out when it stops becoming about the product result? And it starts becoming about the person. First off, it's always about the people. It's always about the person. They don't. People don't hire cameras. They hire people. People don't. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing with real estate, right? People don't invest in real estate. They invest in people. So, um, one of the things that sells most is confidence. So, what I I think for a lot of younger camera people is they walk around timid. Um, they're timid with their camera, and they're timid with the people on set. Right? They can't direct. They can't say go here, do this. That sucked. Say it again. They got to get some internal confidence so they can walk into a room and lead. Right. Yeah. Brandon is my boss. When we are on set, I'm in charge. Yep. <laughs> Whatever you call it. I don't care about the titles, but the dynamic is I know what is best. I'm going to dictate. Yesterday we did this video. He's like, Hey, I'm just gonna do it my cell phone. No, I'm here on Island. We have this equipment. I want to make you look good. We're going to do this video. We're going to do a two camera setup. We'll do a light. We'll do it here. No, you have to be able to say you have to be able to lead and that comes from internal confidence mm -hmm. right so again the three things that you can the three things that everybody can do to make themselves more confident go to the gym physical mm -hmm. you know health is wealth right uh learn how to save and invest your own money even if it's a small amount right but if you have money then you're never you're not desperate for money and the third one is read books if you are um intellectually well versed and communicate well which which comes from reading, um, then you can you you can you, you're going to maintain a different intellectual dynamic with people. So and and it gives you intellectual confidence. So then you have financial, physical, and intellectual confidence. Then you're a powerhouse human being. Now yep. if you can get good with your camera and have results, dude, there's you're unstoppable. And, <laughs> you know the, the military does a lot of that. Uh, the military does a lot of that for me. You know. Yeah, I love that. Now, so what's, how does someone, how does someone, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Uh, people hate arrogance, generally. People love confidence, but there's a meekness required, there's a humility required in specific moments. How would you encourage, I'm thinking about someone that's young, that's like, okay, I can just be confident, and then they're also assholes, and I don't want that. Um, how does someone be confident and not be arrogant and prideful? Confidence comes from accomplishment. So arrogance is, pretending to be confident and actually and then thinking that everybody else in the world is dumb enough to to be tricked they're not tricked they know that you're they know that you're faking it so again um you go to the gym what happens you get in shape you also realize that there's always going to be people that are in better shape than you so yeah. you get confident but you get humble so you're like okay i'm good it's in my hands i'm in control 
I look good. I feel good. I'm strong. Also, I have work to do. Go read books. The first thing you realize when you start reading books is you're not as smart as you thought you were. And you can never read all the books. So yeah. you're always going to be dumb. And you get smarter every single time. That's yeah. confidence and humility. Okay. And then money. Go put $100,000 in the bank. You're going to realize real quick that $100,000 is not enough money. It's not a lot of money, right? Even a yeah. million dollars. Like this is, you still got to go to work every day. Okay. So now you are humbled because you realize that all the, this big money that you thought was going to change your life is not as much as you thought. Also it gives you confidence. Like, well, I don't have to work for things that degrade me anymore. So the arrogant person, the, the, the person who's posturing, right? Um, you're just going to see through that because as soon as we have a conversation, I'm going to realize, first off, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to know whether or not you went to the gym. Then we're going to have a five minute conversation and I'm going to know whether or not you read books. And then uh, if we talk business at all, I will know whether or not you, wh what your financial situation is. Yeah. I love that. And so you can, you can lie to me, but yeah. I'm not, you can sell me a lie, but I'm not buying it. <laughs> I think something, and, and essentially what you're saying, and I, I love this, you're saying that arrogance is demanding respect from other people. Confidence is just having respect for yourself. There's nothing outside of yourself that demands that someone needs to give you attention. You're just confident in who you are and what you're building and your own journey versus arrogance says, I am here and I need you to affirm it in order for me to feel good. Yeah, I would I would change that a little bit. Arrogance is not necessarily demanding, it's, it's hoping, hmm. right? It's hoping, it's a sales pitch. It's yep. like, look how great I am and I'm like, um, you know, why are you great? And it's like, no, no, just trust me. It's like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna trust you. <laughs> I love I'm, I'm not gonna trust you. I love that. That's so great. All right. So, so I, I want to land this because I, I think this is so, so valuable to people. Um, can you just, can you just tell me about better life? If there's anybody in my community that wants to contribute to this, you're an evangelist for it. Tell me about it. Tell me about why I should be doing this, why everyone involved should be like, there's one of the 10,000 people that you're looking for is going to be listening to this podcast. Yeah. Tell them why they should join this tribe. First, 100% of profits go to charity. Brandon's not going to make a dollar off this. He doesn't even take a salary. Uh, it's going to go to charity to help fight human trafficking. Two, uh, the internet has largely democratized information. So while there is a lot of information for sale these days, and um, not to say it's not valuable, um, the only value is in packaging up efficiently which which we do some of that right uh so if you come join the better life tribe you do get information on real estate and and a lot of its health and uh and relationships and and, and how to improve but the thing that that changed the, the the thing that people really need now is not information if you want to get in shape you know what to do if mm -hmm. you want to um lose weight you know what to do if you mm -hmm. maybe if you want to make money uh you have something to learn but once you know what to do that doesn't automatically make you money. There's a lot of smart, broke people. Yeah. The thing that you need is habits and accountability. And that's what the Better Life Tribe provides, is it provides a small group of people that are like-minded, that have similar goals to you, that meet every week, and they demand the best out of you. And you're going to demand the best out of them. And so it becomes like half coaching, half accountability. And so what it does is it converts all the things you know you need to do into somebody that, that both, into a group of, a small group of people that, that believe in you, want the best for you, and demand the best out of you. Hmm. And the problem with strictly education is there's no follow-up. There's no accountability. It's just like, hey, I can tell you how to get rich, right? I tell this all the time. It, go buy one house a year for the rest of your life. You're done. 
go buy one house the rest of the year, you're going to be a multi, 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 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 million millionaire. You'll be fine. And you'll have the cash flow and equity. I'm like, you're going to be more, you'll know, have more money than you have to do with. Go buy one house a year. Now, who's going to hold you accountable to actually doing that? Hmm. Right? If you don't yeah. do it this year, who's going to kick you in the ass? Who's going to, who are you going to let down besides yourself? Uh, which is actually the easiest person to, to, to let down. It's also the easiest person to lie to and say, oh, I'll do it next year. So the Better Life Tribe, what we do is we provide this framework for creating habits, goal setting, and then we provide a, a system, an accountability uh, pod system that holds you accountable and, and demands the best out of you. Uh, there is education that comes with it that's included. There's events, which um, not there are, you, access is included, but they're, you know, they're additional cost because it's expensive to host events, but we are helping people make their life better. And then with the money, we are fighting human trafficking. So I want to, and I want to hone in on this. I think everyone should like, this is part of what we're talking about. We're, we're saying investment in yourself and confidence. Everyone should invest in something like, I mean, Alex Hermosi says it's like the SME 500, right? You need to be investing in yourself no matter what. Uh, and I've spent, I think something like $20,000 in this last year, just in coaching. Um, some of it was helpful, some of it was unhelpful, but all of it, I don't regret because it makes me the person I am. And I learned the things I've learned and I've had access to people that have improved my life. I think everyone should invest in something like this. And the reason I'm gonna say you should invest in this is not just because it has community, but because the investment not only is in yourself, but it's in something worth fighting. It's in something that's that's worth your dollars, whether you get benefit from it or not. It's like you want to do this. You want like this is something that's been in your back of your mind. You've seen this. You've seen the Ashton Kutcher in front of you know in front of the Senate. Like you see these videos and you're saying, man, I really know that I need to be doing more part of this. This is a way to do both of those things: invest in yourself and invest in that fight. And that's incredible. And it's grossly underpriced. I mean, we're going to do uh, over the next six to eight months, we're going to do 10 courses for real estate from high level real estate investors that are probably $10,000 courses each. And we're going to give those to our tribe members. Brandon is doing a mini course for free. That's about an hour. He's going to do a, a, a big course for free. That's going to be about eight hours. And that's probably a, that's probably an eight to $10,000 course, right? That's going to go to tribe members for free. Um, you know, it's grossly underpriced and there's a lot of people I'm, I'm part of another mastermind uh for veterans called uh, the the real estate war room and it's a real estate it's and it's about the same price and i get a fraction of it and actually brandon is a part of a lot of these masterminds he's part of go abundance which for those that don't know i think is fifteen thousand dollars a year mm -hmm. um you have to be have a two million dollar net worth just to join he's part of something called the wellspring which is thirty five thousand dollars a year right very small group and he's like I get more out of our tribe than I do those two groups. <laughs> I love the importance of a community and accountability. Like people crave information. And a lot of times with the e-learning courses, people just desire information. That's all they care about. That's all they want. I'm going to pay X amount because I want the info, but the community aspect and the accountability aspect are actually the two most important things because information is free. A lot of the stuff that's probably being shared in this course, you can find if you scour the in internet, you can find it somewhere. But if you listen to every bigger pockets, podcast, you can probably get a lot of the real estate knowledge for free if you compile it together. But it's consolidated info condensed in a way that's easily easily devoured by you, plus all this other stuff in addition. I love that. 
Um, and I'm hopeful, like I'm hopeful that people take advantage. So I'll link it below, but I, I just think in any way, just support it. It's something that's worth following. It's something that's worth being a part of because there's, there's a free broader community that you can just know that this is something like awareness of it. Like they're just looking for 10,000 people. They're looking for 10,000 10, people. people. <laughs> if that's all it takes, there's 10,000 people in the world that deserve to hear this. There's 10,000 people in the world that deserve to go to a conference and you deserve to be united and have this information, not only to better themselves, but to fight against something that's important. So, um, I'm passionate about that, that you're, you're firing me up. This is something that just like, I, I want creatives to do this creatives. Like if you're thinking about it and you're listening to this, it's worth your time to create one piece of content, one piece of content that promotes this for free. It's worth your time. That's, that's beneficial to you to just like, it could be 30 seconds, do a 30 second reel. It could be a graphic. It could be something put out one post that says, Hey, better life. You should do it. Join this tribe. Follow here. Just do it. Cause that's guess what? It's going to add to your portfolio. It's doing what we're talking about where it's doing something for Brandon, who's someone who's a good dude. Um, and it's helped a lot of people. And then at the same time, you might not have the money to contribute, but that's a way for you to artistically contribute and, and grow your creativity in the process. So please do it. Um, Alex, thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate you. Um, thanks for being genuine. Um, came through in your content, it came through in your DMs, um, and it comes through in, in this hour that I just spent with you. So thank you so much for being the person that you are and giving value um, relentlessly. It's, it's, really, it's really beneficial to me, and it's going to be really beneficial to more people. It's so easy, baby. Uh, no, I appreciate you. This is great. Just got to come on here and, and just, yeah. Uh, podcasts are easy. Just come on here and be you. So easy. Yeah, yeah. Where can people find you? Plug yourself. Yeah, uh, Instagram right now, I am building a platform called Content Matters, uh, and I do want to solve this problem between content creators and entrepreneurs, uh, but it's really not that done yet. So uh, Instagram, Alex Scott Felice. I'm easy to find. Cool. It'll be linked. It'll be linked. All right, thanks, everybody. Really appreciate you. Um, like and follow. Love you. See you in the next one.